98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, the chief executive says there's no need to act against the Bar Association unless any laws have been broken. The government says travel bubbles will only be open to SAR residents who've been fully vaccinated. And vaccination centre staff are reminded to check they've logged into the correct account to avoid issuing people with wrongly labelled vaccination certificates. The Chief Executive Carrie Lamb says there's no need to intervene in the affairs of the Bar Association for now, despite Beijing's scathing criticism of Chairman Paul Harris, whom it branded an anti-China politician and called for his removal. Mr Harris had questioned the prison sentences handed down to Jimmy Lai and other pro-democracy activists for taking part in two peaceful protests in 2019. Speaking at her weekly news briefing, Mrs Lamb said there was no need to act unless the law had been broken. The Hong Kong Bar Association is a self-regulatory uh, association and operating in accordance with its own rules and regulations, including the election of a chairman. And for the time being, I do not see uh, the um, case for any government intervention into the affairs of the Hong Kong Bar Association. Uh, but of course, if there are instances or complaints about the bar not acting in accordance with Hong Kong's uh, law, uh, then, of course, the government will be called into action. The government says future travel bubbles will only be open to Hong Kong people who've been fully vaccinated. The requirement applies for the SAR's first travel bubble, which is scheduled to start on May the 26th to Singapore. Francis Sitt reports. Commerce Secretary Edward Yao said people who are medically unfit or not qualified for a coronavirus vaccine will be exempt from the requirement. Speaking on a radio show, he defended the measure as appropriate, saying vaccination provided an additional safeguard, despite the fact that Singaporeans aren't required to be fully vaccinated to travel to Hong Kong. After the bubble was confirmed yesterday, the CEO of WWPKG travel agency, Yun Chen Ling, said inquiries jumped, but the plan may not help the industry much as the market isn't big. He said he hopes the Singapore bubble can be a successful example and lead to similar arrangements with other places such as Taiwan and South Korea. Staff at vaccination centres have been reminded to log into their correct accounts after five people were issued certificates saying they'd been given a Sinovac jab instead of a BioNTech. Yao Oi Sports Centre in Tunmun provides both injections. The minister in charge of the vaccination drive, Patrick Nip, said each staff member had an account for each jab and had entered the wrong account to print out the records. But Mr Nip stressed the correct vaccines had been administered. Users of a parenting forum say a comedian who took a bubble bath at a musical fountain in Guntong last week should be charged and fined for causing damage. The comedian from the web TV channel 100 Most mocked the new fountain's $50 million price tag and said people should try to use it as much as possible. The government said yesterday it had to close the fountain to clean liquid soap from the water. An international accounting firm has published an employment market survey highlighting the fact that more local workers are willing to work in the Greater Bay Area. More than 60% of the 549 Hong Kong employees interviewed gave better career prospects, travel convenience and broader work exposure as the top three reasons for relocating their careers to mainland cities. KPMG's Head of People Services, Murray Serralius, said local workers are attractive to mainland employers because of strengths like higher language proficiency and international experience.
Hong Kong for a long time has operated as a, a gateway to mainland China. It's operated as a regional hub. People that have worked in Hong Kong for a period of time have a more international outlook and act as that connector between mainland China and, and overseas, so that, that international perspective. And often international experiences as, as well, a lot of people have, have had roles, jobs, education overseas. And I think that flexibility of um, experience is, is a, a positive. The Minister of Defence, Wei Feng He, is beginning a three-day visit to Sri Lanka today at a time when China's influence on the island is facing challenges. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. The Sri Lankan Supreme Court is on the cusp of releasing a decision that could alter the future of a new financial centre set to be built next to the capital, Colombo. Chinese state investment is fueling the construction of the multi-billion dollar port city. Those in favor of Port City say such foreign investment is desperately needed, while its opponents argue it will give China too much influence on Sri Lankan soil. The U.S. has announced it will begin sharing its supplies of AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine with other countries once the safety review has been completed. Up to 60 million doses could be exported within months. The decision comes as the administration faces criticism that it's hoarding jabs. The White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told journalists the American public could rely on other vaccines. Given the strong portfolio of vaccines that the United States has already authorized and that is available in large quantities, and given AstraZeneca is not authorized for use in the United States, we do not need to use AstraZeneca in our fight against COVID over the next few months. The U.S. population has grown at its slowest rate in almost a century, according to data released by the Census Bureau following this year's headcount. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. The U.S. population has risen by 7.4% over the past decade. That's the slowest rate of growth since the 1930s. It means the country's political map will be redrawn, with more congressional seats allocated to states where more people are living. The Republicans will benefit, with states such as Texas, Florida and North Carolina gaining seats in the House of Representatives at the expense of New York, California and other states which are Democratic strongholds. The United States Vice President Kamala Harris has held a virtual meeting with the Guatemalan president to discuss how to reduce the number of Guatemalans attempting to cross into the U.S. Ms. Harris said Washington wanted to tackle the root causes of migration. We are looking at the issue of poverty and the lack, therefore, of economic opportunities, the issue of extreme weather conditions and the lack of climate adaptation, as well as corruption and the lack of good governance, and violence against women, indigenous people, LGBTQ people, and Afro-descendants. Turkey is imposing an almost complete coronavirus lockdown from Thursday for 18 days. It recorded more than 37,000 new cases yesterday and 300 daily deaths over the past week. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said the numbers must quickly be brought down. We have to bring down our number of cases below 5,000 a day at this time that Europe has entered a period of easing its restrictions. Otherwise, we will inevitably be faced with heavy consequences in every field, from tourism to trade and education. Meanwhile, Portugal has registered no coronavirus-related deaths in its latest daily statistics for only the second time since the start of the pandemic. Here's the BBC's Alison Roberts. 
A lockdown imposed in mid-January and now only gradually being eased has helped bring infection rates down to less than one-eightieth of their peak. In late January, Portugal had the world's highest rates of infections and deaths. Now, with the transmission rate R just under one and recent new cases relative to population the lowest in the EU, the government is later this week to consider lifting the last of the lockdown restrictions next Monday. An Australian government watchdog has taken a federal government department to court over the death of an asylum seeker. The Iraqi man killed himself while detained. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Australia's Department of Home Affairs and a private medical company have been charged with breaching health and safety laws. It's alleged that a lack of mental health supervision and training endangered the life of a detainee. The criminal charges relate to a 26-year-old Iraqi man who took his own life at Sydney's Villawood Immigration Centre in 2019. Campaigners say the case has the potential to expose how alleged medical neglect increases the risk of suicide among inmates in detention. A new study on miscarriage has estimated at least 23 million miscarriages occur every year worldwide, though the actual tally is likely to be substantially higher. The research, published in The Lancet, analysed data from more than 4 million pregnancies in seven countries, including Sweden, the US and Britain. Here's the BBC's Tulip Mazumda. Around one in seven pregnancies end in miscarriage, according to this new analysis, and around one in a hundred women suffer three or more losses in a row. The researchers found black women were 43% more likely to lose a pregnancy and say further studies are needed to establish why. Scientists are looking into whether it could be related to other health issues that more commonly affect black women, such as fibroid conditions and autoimmune disorders. Having a miscarriage can also take a massive psychological toll, doubling the risk of depression and almost quadrupling the risk of suicide. Researchers say the different ways countries report their carbon emissions has produced a gap that challenges the battle against climate change. A new study highlights a discrepancy between the methods used in national inventories and those used by international models. It amounts to 5.5 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide. The scientists say global environmental goals will only be reached if countries speak the same language. Germany has condemned a move by a Russian prosecutor to suspend the activities of political offices set up by the jailed opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Chancellor Angela Merkel's spokesman Stefan Seibert said it was incompatible with the principles of the rule of law. The German government condemns the decision of the Moscow court, which was based on a request from state prosecutors, to ban the activities of Navalny's organization on suspicion of extremist activity. Using anti-terror laws against political opponents is in no way in line with the rule of law. The Russian move is part of efforts to get a court to ban Mr. Navalny's organizations for alleged extremism. An Iranian court has sentenced a British-Iranian charity worker, Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe, to a year in jail and a one-year travel ban on charges of propaganda against the state. Her husband, Richard Ratcliffe, called it a negotiating tactic, as Iran works to negotiate a revival of the international deal regarding its nuclear programme. The British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, condemned the move. I don't think it's right at all that Nazanin should be uh, sentenced to any more time in, in jail. The government will not stop. We will redouble our efforts. And we're working, I may say, with our, uh, our American friends on this issue as well.
Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe only completed a five-year sentence for spying charges in March. Reports say the latest sentence is linked to a protest she attended in 2009 outside the Iranian embassy in London. Scientists studying the fossil record of the Tyrannosaurus rex say they may have unravelled a long-running mystery about how the fearsome predator used its huge jaw to bite its prey. The T-Rex had a flexible joint in the middle of its lower jaw, but American researchers now think the lower jaw had a previously unknown supporting structure that kept it rigid. Finance news a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,976. That's 22 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $84 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.29 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 20 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 77 cents. Sports now, Leicester City have taken another step towards Champions League qualification. Ianacho in the penalty. Oh, what a finish! What a goal from Kalexi! Ianacho out of nothing! Leicester City pulled off a come-from-behind 2-1 victory over Crystal Palace at the King Power Stadium thanks to another sparkling performance from Kalechi Iheanacho. The Nigerian striker created the equaliser and, as you just heard, scored the winner to put the Foxes seven points clear of fifth place West Ham. It's so, so massive. It's a great three points. Um, we really, really needed that and uh, we got it uh, tonight. So um, we, we went down at, at first half. And uh, when we come out second half, we, we, we change it around and uh, we get them running and get control of the ball and, and uh, the, the space keep coming and, and we get the goal. So it's a really massive three points for us today. In Italy, AC Milan's hopes of qualifying for the Champions League took a blow after losing 3-0 at Lazio. Joachim Correa scored twice and Shiro Immobile got the other as Lazio moved to within five points of the top four with a game in hand. Elsewhere, fourth-place Napoli were 2-1 winners at Torino. Several big names in cricket's Indian Premier League have decided to end their season early and return home amidst a surge of coronavirus cases in India. Australians Adam Zampa, Kane Richardson and Andrew Tai, along with England's Liam Livingston, have all left the IPL. The Indian star Ravi Ashwin has also pulled out because, because of the COVID. But the cricket broadcaster Prakash Wakankar says there's still an appetite for the IPL despite the crisis. The, the vast majority of people still see the IPL uh, in spite of the very grim situation in the country as a bit of a relief from all the pressures that they're facing. And at least it ensures uh, two or three hours of uh, clean entertainment, keeps them home. And I think that is one angle to it. And that is the latest sports and news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 27th of April, is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew. We have a busy program for you this afternoon. First of all, we'll be chatting with um, Mariko Jesse, who's involved in this year's Young Readers Festival. Marika will be joining us in about 10 minutes or so to talk about how she became passionate about art and illustrating. And we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook as well. So do join us there this afternoon. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the 2 o'clock news, Tuesday reporter Andrew Dembina joins us for some global and local food news. And finally, after 2.30, we'll be speaking with family lawyer Samantha Gershon about quarantine procedures and children's welfare. And uh, we hope to also bring you that interview on Facebook Live as well. So do join us there if you can. And finally, we end today's program with Sadie Kay's um, monthly humor column, Sharp Pains. And this one is called Scrub. And like I said, we love hearing.